He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And in my hands right now, I hold a special preview issue of the Golf Oklahoma magazine. Is the preview edition for the 2021 KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship coming up at Southern Hills, May 27th through the 30th. Going to be an absolute blast that weekend. Tulsa, and you can get all of the best coverage from Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out right now. We will also be up there that week. It will be a great, great week at Southern Hills. First order of business today on the 73rd hole. Big congratulations to our man, Sam Humphries. Our man, Sam, got engaged to his uh, beautiful now fiance yep. last night in Hall of Fame Stadium, right, Sam? Sound like it was a, uh, a great evening. It was awesome. I get to spend the rest of my life with the girl that I love, and uh, it was awesome to have both of our families there, and so it was a pretty special moment for me, and... Uh, and yeah, just uh, got a teammate for life now, so it's pretty cool. Teammate for life. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. We're happy for you, bud. It's uh, it's going to be great. Marriage is the best. Can't uh, can't speak highly enough of it. So huge congrats on all that, and it's a good week. We've got the Valspar, Zurich's over, yep. Sam's engaged. It's, it's a good week. Good week of golf. Oh, yes, it is. I mean, we've got numerous things. Like we mentioned the other day, we've got the uh, PGA Professional Championship coming out, guys vying for that PGA Championship. Those PGA Championship spots got the Big 12 Championship going on, OU, OSU, um, up there close to the lead. Um, really just got all kinds of things going on. And one of the biggest things <clears throat> that happened since our show yesterday, guys, um, I, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, um, big viral sensation going around, even bigger than just golf stories. Uh, went all the way to Sports Center, went all the way to even TMZ, which is um, that biggest news outlet really in the world probably and uh of a, a gentleman um any of y'all remember his name the guy michael visaki yeah michael visaki yeah so he he monday qualified into the valspar yesterday and he had been trying to get into a pga tour event for seven years now guys and he's been playing on the mini tours he's been doing basically the, the whole grind work why don't we just go ahead and get the emotional stuff out of the way right off the bat we've got 10 15 seconds of audio this, here this is him talking to his dad on the phone yeah. after he made about a 20-foot putt to uh, win a four-man playoff, or at least get through. I'm not sure if he won the playoff or or whatever, but he got through uh, to get into the Valspar, and so here's him and his dad. All right. I made it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's just a short little clip there from from him and his dad, and there was some more. You can go out and find it uh, online. But he's just, I mean, he's an absolute wreck, and it just, it means so, so much to these guys at these Monday qualifiers to achieve a dream. I mean, he achieved a lifelong dream to play on the PGA Tour, and he's going to do that this week at the Valspar. It was a, a remarkable moment that has gone remarkably viral over the last 24 hours. It's so cool to see a guy, you know, it, 
talk about we talk about how hard it is on the corn ferry tour and the life of the mini tours but i mean this guy for seven years just to keep doing it for seven years he's making nothing he's living with his parents where, where were you seven years ago let's hop in the time machine it's a long time 2014 2014 i graduated God. high school i was about to say i don't even want to think about it 2014 i uh i would have just proposed to my now wife whenever we were wow. in college i was a junior in college i would have just proposed to to my wife yeah and you know it it that just proves how long of a time span he's been trying to do this. And you saw that emotion come out. And, and like I said, he's living with his parents, making nothing and just trying to accomplish this dream, you know? And so like, it's, it's pretty awesome um, to see that emotion afterwards. It, it, it's just what you live for really as a professional golfer. Let, let me ask you guys a question. And this was, this was one of my, cause I, I just, I saw this after you guys did. Um, one of my first reactions to this was Tony Romo got in a corn fairy event last week. Uh huh. Can we not let someone who's been working their ass off for seven years into the event besides a former NFL quarterback? Well, I understand that it draws audience attention, but look at this. You literally just changed someone's life. I mean, even if he doesn't get anywhere, this is a lot more impactful than Tony Romo playing a tournament. I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. You guys can go with it from there. That was really one of the first things I thought is of and, – and Steph Curry had gotten in events. Well, he only missed the cut by one shot. Yeah, that's like Steph was actually competitive at the time he played. Yeah. Um, but, but no, has anyone, any of these celebrities made the cut? In, in no. The, I know Steph was close, but he ain't gotten in. So. Romo hasn't made any cuts. Jerry Steph Rice missed it by a shot. DFL. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, I don't think any of these celebrities but, uh, have made cuts. You know – we did. We spent last week talking about the corn fairy purses, um, and I think that might be one reason why they have these celebrities come out and play is sponsors, I mean, sponsors and fans, and um, so I mean you can't have it both ways. I think it's one spot. Like what were there 126 guys in the field last week or whatever? Um, I I don't think one spot makes a difference. Like uh, it, obviously it would make a difference to a guy like uh, Michael Visaki, who's been, um, you know, spending his whole life trying to make it out there. Um, but at the same time, you can't have it both ways, have bigger purses and, and um, you know, not have the celebrity value because that's just a, an easy way for them to sell sponsorships. Well, and also too, well, you know, for selling sponsorships, like for example, Romo didn't announce at like in 2020 that he was going to play this tournament. I mean, it was very late, so there's not really much time to sell ads at that point. And, you know, I, I would just go, I would love to go back and look at that list of, and look at the alternates that were in that tournament. Like, who was the first alternate out instead of Tony Romo, right? And it's just like, I understand the appeal of it, but. And first of all, and even right now with limited field access, like how much more is Tony Romo being there really going to bring to your tournament? And I, I, I truly don't know. I mean, how many more ticket sales will t would a celebrity quarterback or someone like Steph Curry bring to the tournament? I really don't know that. It may be more, and it may be a justified business decision, but kind of guys like we saw with the European um, Super League and some of the other things we're talking about with golf, just because the dollar amount is what what is the biggest deal doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and you know, seeing the stuff with Visaki yesterday is very cool, and it makes you wish that more guys could do this and that there were more spots. It's the nature of golf is there's a lot of people who want to do it. There's a, so many guys that we've never heard of who are elite players. I mean, they are so, so good and still can't crack through because a lot of things have to go right to crack through if you're not one of the, the big names in the game of golf. Uh, it was really cool to see that yesterday with Vasaki and hopefully he has some success this week. It'd be oh. awesome to see him make the cut. I'd, I'm I rooting for him to make the cut, man. I mean, if he makes a 10 footer on Friday afternoon to make the cut. I, I mean, I can't imagine the waterworks we're going to have on the 18th green Friday afternoon if he makes the cut. Uh, later on in that video that we just played, uh, they asked him, 
uh, if he was going to be nervous and he goes, are you kidding me? I'm going to be more nervous than I've ever been, you know? Yeah. And so hopefully he knocks off those nerves you about, you around hole two or three, though. you know, you, you know, you're going to be nervous. You've got to embrace it and kind of yeah, feed he's off gotta of be, it. Yeah. He's got to embrace it. Um, but man, I would love to see him make the cut. And ideally I'd love to see him finish like what top 25 and get into next week. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be and, really awesome. Well, I mean, and it's the point that you, that you made earlier or that we all made, you know, think about where we were seven years ago. And it's like, Put in seven years. Literally everything that he did for seven years was leading up to this moment. Yep. So it's like you live almost a decade of your life shooting for one thing, and now it's in front of you. And it's like, you know, you would think, you know, in the back of your mind, you would say, oh, well, I'm prepared for this because I've done it, been trying to do it for seven years. But then once you get there, I'd be surprised if he's able to hold the club. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you try to waggle or do whatever that ball. I mean, you're shaking. You're, you know, are you going to accidentally bump the ball off the tee with your driver? Because you, <laughs> you I mean, you're shaking. I mean, I can, I can, and we all know, guys, Valspar is not the widest course out there. I mean, he's going to yeah. have to be able to keep it's it a on tight the track. And, and uh, you know, I do feel a little bad for him. It's one of the tougher fields that we've seen in a while in a regular season tour event it, it's a tough field he's gonna have to play well to make it no doubt about it we're gonna circle back around to the valspar after the break but uh guys the big 12 championships being played right now in hutchinson kansas we are through 54 holes and through 54 holes we have a three-way tie for first at 856 strokes per team that's ou osu and texas I, from a, a drama standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, and, and just from a golf standpoint, it does not get a whole lot better than OU, OSU, and Texas in a three-way tie headed into the final round tomorrow. And There's we a, can't watch it on TV. We can't watch it on TV, which is so unfortunate. Um, I, I even thought about making the drive up there tomorrow, but the weather's going to be a disaster. That's what I was about to it's, say. I'm like, I'm going to go up and I'm going to watch this in person. This is going to be some great golf. Yeah, it is going to be some great golf. It's Y'all want to go? 50, I'll go. 40, 50% chance of rain. I go. Y'all want to go? I'll go. It's three hours. I'm, I'm not down. doing anything I'm, tomorrow. I'm down. We might be going to Hutchinson, Kansas. <laughs> this might be a last-minute boys trip. Let's might, do it. We might be going to Hutchinson, Kansas tomorrow. Our boss Ken tomorrow. is going. Is he? Yeah, he's going. Yeah, we might be going to Hutchinson, Kansas tomorrow. Uh, the wind's going to be blowing in the south in the morning, and then it's switching to the east, and then it's switching to the west, and then back to the south, and then by mid-afternoon, it's going to be blowing out of the north. It's going to be potential rain. The wind's going to be swirling all day. Conditions are going to be very difficult for the guys on the course, and that's going to make it an absolute blast for everyone who's not having to hold golf clubs tomorrow. Watch these guys try to survive, and at the end of the day, we'll crown a Big 12 champion. It's, it's anybody's game at this point. Big 12 champion, and then the individual aspect of it, too. You have Quade Cummins in fourth place, uh, but he's only two shots out of first, which is Cole Hammer um, and Ludwig Aberg uh, from Texas Tech. Cole Hammer, obviously, of Texas, who played amazing today with a uh, nice 65. Bo, Bo Jin. Bo Jin T1 as well. And, and, and Bo Jin. Yes, that's correct. They, they, he must have made a late birdie uh, coming I down the stretch did. there. Because yep. um, they just now finished up yeah, probably he, he five bird, minutes ago. Bo Jin birdied 18. Okay, yep. yep. And so uh, and so then you got Ekrot, Austin Ekrot, and uh, tied for eighth uh, at 217. So he's a little back. Um, and then Reband, uh, OU's number one bag, uh, is tied for 15th. He shot a nice 68 today, but he hurt himself uh, with the uh, 79 in the second round. Uh, so he's at 219. So the little three-man tournament, and then obviously Cole Hammer as well uh, in the PGA Tour U ranking. So you got Quaid. If he wins, that's huge. If Ekro wins, that's huge. If Reband even beats Ekro or Quaid or Cole Hammer tomorrow or Love, uh, Love, Lovewig and, um, you know, it, it, 
you could see a lot of changes in this PGA Tour U based off of tomorrow, headed into the two biggest tournaments of the year, regionals and NCAAs. Yeah, today was a big day for Reban because he went 72-79 in about a 25 to 30 mile an hour wind yesterday, and then this morning, or this afternoon, morning, afternoon, both, he went out and shot 68 today. So it was a big day for Reban. Um, I don't know, Taylor. I mean, you probably make OU the favorites tomorrow. They're the number one team in the country, but it's 18 holes of golf. You got five guys. You, you take four. I, I don't know who to favor. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at it, and the way it has to be done, they have to be playing threesomes on the last team. So you got all three of the teams that are tied for the lead are going to be in the same group going. They, they played twosomes the first two days, I believe. Okay, then maybe it won't be. So then that'll be that'll be interesting to see who gets put in that, um, who is that uh, third team that's going to be out. If they do it by team score today, the lowest two team scores in the third round. you would be out of the fight. No, they do twosomes tomorrow. Uh, it's twosomes tomorrow? Yeah. So then because, it'll probably be Texas and Oklahoma State in the final group. Yeah, and OU's out of the final group, which yeah. could be good. Yeah, Texas was 272 today. Oklahoma State was 278 today. Oklahoma was 279 today. So that would put Oklahoma then with Texas Tech tomorrow in the penultimate pairings uh, right in front of OSU and Texas. And yeah, it's... Oh. And, and I was going to say, you know, from that from that perspective, it can be a blessing or a curse because, you know, like if you're in a group, because Oklahoma currently has a 14-shot lead over Texas Tech. So, I mean, it, it's a three-horse race at this yeah. point with the team. So, at that point, you know, if you're not in that group of – Tech of the does final, have the guy in the lead, one of the guys in the lead, though. Yes, just for the be, individual. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that makes it halfway interesting. But my point being is that it allows o, – it'll allow OU to kind of go out and focus on their own game, do their own shots, as opposed to – you know, when you're doing twosomes in such a tight race like that, you can get into where you feel like it's almost a match play situation with your partner at a point, right? And and, and while you shouldn't think like that, that's just kind of instinctually All, what happens in your head. Although it's a double-edged sword, sometimes, uh, like, if OU is playing with Texas Tech and they get it going sideways, uh, it could be a double-edged sword, and, and OU could kind of get the bad group mojo going, and they could, Texas and OSU could, get on fire and it could be a the mojo factor of you know the group is on fire and one group is just has going through the motions out there that's one thing that's always fascinating fascinating me is group mojo because it's like it's real it shouldn't matter but it does it, 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 it gets it affects you it affects you if other guys in your group are playing well everybody then is happy everybody's in a good mood you're having yep. fun you're cutting up because you're playing well it's not fun to play bad nobody has fun when they well, play bad how, it brings the energy down how often do we see it whenever there's a, a Sunday move makeup where it's it's probably three or four groups ahead and it's both of those guys that are making the move up I mean it, it's it seems like it happens almost every week and it's one of those things where I tell people and I try to tell myself it doesn't matter who you're playing with who what the other person's doing focus on your game but like Sam said that the the group mojo thing is real and you know it also goes back to the classic debate we've had of, of match play would you rather go out first or second and um correct me from they're not doing shotgun start are they for this deal no, they no, 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 no. it's, it's tea time yeah. so my point being is that oh you if in match play if you want to go first go out make a bunch of birdies post a low score make those other make osu and uh, texas try to chase you at that point um yeah. that would be the way that i'd have to see it but like you said if they Get things going a little sideways, it could make things easier for Texas and OSU going up. But to get away from the OU side of the team that's out of it, um, the two teams that are in it, obviously Texas and OSU, that will be super fascinating just from the aspect of, like you said, Cole Hammers up there in the lead and also to Eckroat with the PJTRU standings and just the fact of they're both tied for the lead. And, you know, whenever you're not, whenever you know there's another team that's close to you and you're not playing with them, in the back of your mind, you're somewhat thinking about what the guys are doing in front of you. Yeah, and you know, 
this course is playing so difficult right now. Uh, obviously, it played a little easier today with the less win, but Texas, o- OSU, and OU are all tied at 16 over, and then it goes down to 30 over with Texas Tech and TCU, and then 34 over with Baylor. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to two guys, uh, Mike McGraw and Quade Cummins. Both sent me messages this morning congratulating me on my engagement. That's awesome. Right before they went out and played, which I thought that that was just pure class um, on their awesome. part, and that's really cool. Two classy individuals. The, yeah, very classy individuals. But uh, what I was going to say about Baylor, I mean, and Baylor and TCU. TCU was on fire. You know, they won a couple weeks ago or last week, and Baylor had Cooper Dossie. Uh, their best players shoot an 80 yesterday, came back with a 70 today. Um, and even though they played really solid today, uh, they're all the way down in sixth place. Um, so it, it, it's kind of interesting how Texas, OSU, and OU kind of separated their su- themselves uh, today, um, and especially Texas making the move up to tied first. Yeah, yeah and, and you look at it, and, and Cooper Dossie, uh, Baylor's number one man, who whenever we had Mike McGraw on the show just praised, talked about how great he was. He's currently the worst on their team in a tie for 33rd. You got a couple guys, T10, you got a T26 and a T30 in there. So looks like the one man, unfortunately, let Baylor down this week. Yeah, definitely. And he's 16th right now in the PGA Tour U rankings, too. So yeah. some pressure on him uh, to play well, and, and he'll need to do so uh, moving on toward regionals and things like that. Why don't we uh, take a break, come back on the other side. Got a lot of golf to preview for you. We've got DraftKings lined up, best bets, one and done picks uh, for the Valspar this week. We will let you know what's happening all over the world of golf uh, and much, much more. Coming up on the other side, stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. We're back rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and the newly engaged Sam Humphreys as we get ready for the Valspar this week. But before we do that, let's take a look back because this past week we had the Zurich Classic, which obviously is the only team event of the year on the PGA Tour, and you get two rounds of best ball, you get two rounds of alternate shot. And they call them four ball and foursomes because they like to confuse people, but it's best ball and alternate shot. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, afterwards, some of the players were asked about more team events, and Graham McDowell made a suggestion, and then some, some guys were kind of weighing in. So kind of take us through what Graham McDowell said, Sam, and we'll, we'll decide what side we fall on. Yeah, so they asked Graham McDowell if there should be more uh, – Team tournaments, like you just said, and uh, and he came up with a good idea. He was saying that uh, 
there should be a 72-hole alternate shot event uh, where – instead of having the best ball portion where it's just a bunch of birdies, um, you know, he was saying that it would be an act more like an actual tournament and a pure form of golf. Um, and, and, and so they went around and asked more people, more players about what Graham McDowell suggested about the 72 hole alt shot tournament. And, uh, and like, they asked Cam Smith and Leishman, and they were like, no, it'd be too stressful. They asked Louie. They were like, no, it'd be too stressful. We wouldn't be friends anymore, uh, that they wouldn't sign up for it. But then they went and they asked Bubba Watson. They asked Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland said it would be a great idea. He was super happy about it uh, and, and sounded like that would be an awesome idea. Bubba, same way. Said it would be awesome. Um, so Hall is super happy about everything, though. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I don't think I've ever seen him on camera not smiling. That yeah, that's even true. even when he made the triple at the concession on the yeah. last hole, yeah. he still had a smile. No, yeah. yeah, he's still still smiling. Uh, but yeah, so where where do you guys fall on this? And and here's my one point that I would bring up is. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are itching to play a little bit more team golf because if you think about it, not everyone gets into the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. So you got a bunch of guys that would love to play some team events for some big money uh, and and some PGA Tour status, but they they don't have the chance to. And then um, not just the team aspect of it, but would you like to see a 72-hole alternate shot tournament? Well, I would say, you know, going back to the team aspect, I, I definitely want to see more more team. I, I also want to see more match play tournaments. So I, I just – I think that continuous stroke play, 72-hole stroke play, can just be repetitive a little too much. And golf can be played so many different ways. So I would definitely invite that. And one of the things that I really like about the team aspect is is that, you know, growing up I worked at a golf course and I've seen local golf and amateur golf. And one thing you realize is that – Amateur golfers really do not like playing in individual tournaments if it's not handicapped because they all because they want they're so stressed out about having to play their own ball, making every putt, and their name being next to a score, and their name being associated with a score because they might tell all their buddies they shoot eighty and then they shoot one hundred five in the tournament or something, and then now they got to defend themselves. And yeah. so the old Craig Humphreys quote. He goes, you are what your score says you are. (laughs) No doubt. And, you know, so, you know, going to that, I think if you put in more team events, it might get even more average golfers into it because, you know, they're with a team, they're with a teammate, they're with a buddy, they're seeing different formats as opposed to just watching every Sunday. And, you know, obviously us golf fans, we're, we love every shot that they hit, but some people, they look at the shots that the pros hit and they say, I can never do that. I'm never picking up a golf club. They just make it look too easy. Let me stop you real quick and say um, another good thing about the team tournaments is that unlike in match play, guys aren't knocked out as quick. True. And so, and so you, you, you make the cut, you're guaranteed say, four rounds. If DJ and Justin Thomas were a team, just hypothetically, <laughs> yeah, but if they were a team hypothetically and they – uh, lost in a match play individual tournament, you know, they, they would get knocked out quicker than a team tournament where they would probably make the cut and play four rounds. Yeah, and I'll say this, as far as just having 72 holes of alternate shot, I would prefer that format to the two and two format that we have now. I think best ball is incredibly boring to watch on TV. It yeah. takes forever. It takes forever. And also, it, to me, in best ball, whenever you're talking about guys on the PGA Tour, there is very rarely a severe penalty for hitting a bad shot because what are the chances that two of the best players in the world are going to make bogey on the same hole. They're just not that high. These guys are so good. You see almost no bogeys in the best ball. Whereas you... you, you Unless the, your name is Morikawa right, Wolf. Right, right. Well, that's different. Yeah. On, the, uh, on the flip side of the coin, in alternate shots, 
I mean, dude, par's a good score in alternate shot. And yeah. every shot matters, and there's a severe punishment in alternate shot if you if you make a bad swing. Look at Louie in the playoff. He steps up. He hits one in the water on 18 to Zurich. The tournament's over. Literally screwed his teammate out of, like, 500 grand. Oh, yeah. I mean, if this – but, but oh, yeah. the thing is, if it was best ball in that situation and Louie sprays it out in the water, okay, then Charles is going to step up. He's going to hit it left of the left fairway bunkers. He's going to lay up short of the bunkers, hit a wedge to 25 feet and two-putt for par. And there's just not that much drama in best ball. And there's in golf, you have to be punished for hitting bad shots. You have to. And I don't think best ball does that. So I would be all in for them to change the format to four days of alternate shot, reward a master's invite, and make it a difficult tournament. I mean, we could yeah. see an alternate shot in, in uh, New Orleans. We could see that tournament one at six or seven under par if the conditions are right for it. Yeah, and the question they asked, first of all, is to the players, not the fans. The fans would obviously want to watch alternate shot. It's way more entertaining, and you see a lot crazier stuff. Uh, and then the second thing was they asked them if they would enter the tournament. Well, if it's an alternate shot tournament, they probably wouldn't want to enter. You know, it, it, it might be a little more stressful. Like you said, maybe put a different score up next to their well, name. Well, but it, hold on. Hold on. Okay, but, if you, but if my point is if you put a master's exemption next to that, then – there's going to be a lot of guys enter that tournament. Yeah, you get Masters, you get official World Golf ranking points like the other thing. I think one of the reasons why, like I mentioned yesterday, and one of the reasons why I think Friday round struggled is I don't think guys want to play four rounds with half their shots being a ball they're not playing. I think that has a lot to do with yeah. it. And so yeah. I don't I don't know what would you do to play it up everywhere so you could change your ball. Um, but, you know, one thing... Or, I would, or just not even play it up, but you just take a drop, just drop it from knee height wherever you're at yeah, with whatever. your own ball. I don't know. Just, and just, just even, play the other ball. It's alternate shot. It's I, part of it. I'm just saying yeah. that that's part of the reason why I don't think people would want to play it. That, that, that would be find a point. partner that plays your same ball. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, a bunch of guys on the tour play the same ball. Just yep. go to your ball manufacturer and say, hey, I need a partner. Whoever plays the same ball, team yeah. up. Yeah, it if, might if, be if an advantage. Your, if that's your reason for not playing, I completely agree. And, you know, to go back to your to what we were talking about earlier about the match play and getting eliminated, I would like to see, even if we did, like, head-to-head stuff, I would like to see, a uh, like, a Swiss format be implemented where, like, for example, you get, like, if you uh, – y'all are all getting me confused. Looks oh, like, I'm real confused. A Swiss, Swiss, a, the, the, a Swiss format, they use it in, in – Card gaming, um, like um, um, esports leagues and all that. So, like, if you have 64 teams in the tournament, right, y'all are mm-hmm. all going to play the same amount of games. You're just going to be seated against someone who's comparably to your level. So, if you keep winning, you're going to play against a team who keeps winning. If you keep losing, you're going to play against another team that keeps losing. So, my point being, like th- like when we had the match play this year, all the guys who finished 0-3 got less money than the other people, right? The guys that almost made... Yeah, the cut. So yeah, it was tiered. Well, so well yeah, my, but the tough part about that is the the match play is either too little of golf or too much of golf because like you, a lot of guys wouldn't want to play six rounds, a guaranteed six rounds. You know what I mean? And a lot of guys don't want to play two rounds and get knocked out either. So like, well, that, well, that that's where the Swiss format comes in, where everyone plays the same round. But also too, we're looking at it from the perspective. But could you of, finish it out and only do four rounds? You would you you could absolutely. I mean, you could have a smaller field. Okay. Um, so yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing. We're looking at all these from the from the sixty four player perspective, and we're also looking at it from how the Zurich set up. Now, I mean, I can't remember what the tournament was, but they used to have one in Europe that was um, a match play tournament. There was only sixteen players that played in that. I mean, I yeah. don't. And I mean, it could be just a, a smaller deal, like like we've talked about before with the uh, like Taylor made driving relief stuff like that. I don't. I just feel like there's more ways to incorporate team events and to mix up. Just because I think the point that you're trying to make, Sam, is just differentiate from the average stroke play tournament. Yeah, I and agree. I, I yeah. think there's just a lot of ways that the tour could do that. 
Yeah, and they don't opinion. do a ton of it right now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Another thing that's very interesting is that the Diffie Ford Lincoln team has won the prestigious President's Award for 2020. The Diffie team is very honored to win this award because it is based on sales and service, and that is what they pride themselves on, service after the sale. The Ford and Lincoln brand only give this award out to the top dealers in the nation, and the Diffie organization is the only dealer in the entire state of Oklahoma that received this award in both Ford and Lincoln in the same year. So whether you're looking for the all-new 2021 F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator, give the Diffie family a try, a place where you can deal directly with the owner, Lane Diffie, and also a place where you will never feel any pressure to buy. Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro, serving Oklahoma for 67 years. Gentlemen, shall we move on to the DraftKings lineups? And I know we barely touched on it yesterday, so I'll just remind everybody, I'll go first this week since I had six (laughs) of six made cuts and ended up winning the DraftKings pool. Uh, And I'll start with my cheapest option, and my cheapest option is relatively expensive for the cheapest option. And it is, uh, oh, no, I forgot what button. What, what button's our good friend Doug on on the board? Oh. We're going to find yeah. our best friend Doug, and then we're going to give him our best friend hug. Doug, 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 Doug. I can't think of a reason not to. 7,300, Doug Gim. I needed somebody in that range. He's playing good golf. He, he's cut-making machine, and uh, he can get himself up onto the leaderboard if he putts it well, so I'm, I'm going to run him out again. He had some success in Florida earlier this year, so I hope he can keep that going. So 7,300 means that you are middle of the packing it. I'm tournament. very, uh, very middle loaded. The most expensive player in my lineup is 9,200. So wow. this is a very middle stacked lineup for me. Then yep. we're going to have, we're, we'll have at least one person similar. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I finished second out of us last week. So I'm going to go with uh, 6,700, uh, the Florida Gator, Camilo Bijagas. Ooh. Okay. Uh, and the reason why is because he's finding a little form again, you know, after the tragedy of his daughter, uh, finally, uh, you know, playing some good golf again and be- back to normal a little bit as much as he can. Uh, he played great at the Valero Texas Open, especially uh, in round one. He was not plus nine shots on the field uh, at the Valero Texas Open, which is really impressive. Uh, if you look at his stats this year, approach to green and around the green are his best. Around the green are his best stats. Um, so if he can get the putter rolling a little bit, uh, he might be a decent 6,700. But clearly, I have a different strategy this week uh, than Colby because I'm going more top loaded. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're going, you're going pretty top. Or sounds like you're going to go top heavy. Who knows? You might jump up to eight thousand with the next pick. Who knows? But um, I'm going to go with my cheapest guy. I'm avoiding the six thousands and the eight thousands altogether. So I've got a very kind of middle, and then I went fairly top. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, that's a weird lineup. You're so, avoiding the sixes and the eights. Yes, that's hard to do. So wow. my my cheapest guy is a guy who played pretty good last week. Even played good the week before, and I'm giving him the credit now. I've 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 already gave Harry English the credit, but now he's starting to get more credit. So now, the most underrated swing on the PGA Tour at seven thousand. Give me give me Keith Mitchell. Oh, I, yeah. I, anyone who hasn't seen it, go look at his swing. I think it's beautiful, beautiful swing. Finished fourth last week with Snedeker as his partner. Um, finished seventeenth at the Valero before the Masters, which is not a narrow golf course, so that kind of suits um, this tournament as well. Not narrow and. Um, looking at Keith Mitchell on his official World Golf Rankings, one down in Honda, um, his third and fourth highest finishes on World Golf Rankings were at the Arnold Palmer, and he's also played well at the Wells Fargo and finished 11th here at the Valspar. So a lot of finishes 
uh, high finishes on tough golf courses and also in Florida as well. So that's a reason that um, that I like Keith Mitchell. And I, like I said, I'm giving him the title of most underrated swing on tour. I mean, he is like 200 and something in the world now. So um, not really the play that he wants, but I think he's starting to find it a little bit. Then my next pick, guys, since it's snake draft, um, I'm going to go with a gentleman who is really just, I think, a fan favorite for, for everyone. Everyone roots for him. That's by a guy named Rory Sabatini at 7,100. And no one really likes him that much. That was kind of sarcasm. But has made his last two cuts. Hasn't really finished that high. 30th at, at Valero. 51st at the Heritage. But at this tournament, guys, going back to 2013, only one missed cut out of six events. And in 2019, the last time this tournament was played, finished 18th. 2018, um, the year before, second to last time, he finished fifth. So for a guy who's finished top tw- top 18 last two times here, made two cuts in a row for 7,100, count me in on that. I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to do a little interesting uh, thing here. I'll, I'll start it off by going 6,900 Richie nice. Wierenski. Nice. Hey, so I'm, my guy. I'm going played Richie Wierenski. Played and with Uline play, last played week. Played with Uline last week. Uh, obviously didn't have his best week at the RBC, uh, but to be on a team that shot 19 under third place at the Zurich uh, with two rounds of those being alternate shot, uh, he's clearly playing some decent golf, and, uh, and I think at 6,900, I was just trying to find someone uh, with a little bit of current form uh, <clears throat> excuse me that could uh, that could definitely help out your lineup yeah I like that a lot let's uh, go my second uh, my second cheapest option is at 7700 it's a guy who's played well here in the past Lucas Glover top 25 and two of his last three starts here. Lucas Glover, he's gotten up to some hot starts at tournaments this year and then kind of faded a little bit. I actually wouldn't hate him as a first-round leader play as well. I think he could go out and shoot something in the, the mid-60s, uh, you know, 64, 65, 66 on Thursday, get himself up on the leaderboard and then try to sustain it. So I'll run Lucas Glover out at 7,700. Then my next cheapest option at 7,900. This is a pick that I really like this week. I would have liked him to be a little bit cheaper, but he's been playing some good golf as of late, and that's Keegan Bradley at 7,900. He's, he's been playing really good golf, and then last week he and Brendan Steele got up there into that, I believe it was solo fourth at the Zurich, and Keegan played really well. And Keegan is such a solid ball striker. Uh, we know that that's the strength of his game, and that should really help him at Innisbrook. You, you've got to control your golf ball, and you've got to position your golf ball at Innisbrook, and I think Keegan Bradley will be able to do that. It's just a matter of whether he can roll a few putts in. So I like Keegan this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with 7,300, one of the hottest players in the world right now is Peter Uline. Uh, so I'm going Richie Wierenski and Peter Uline in my like DraftKings this week, uh, <laughs> the week after they finished third in uh, the Zurich. So I, I, I like that Uline, he won a couple weeks ago on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, obviously playing some solid golf. Uh, his putting and around the green stats this year really good. Off the tee are really bad. So if he can put some balls in the fairway and uh, and and make some putts, uh, then he's definitely uh, a great value play uh, based on his current form at seventy three hundred. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll go with my next guy. Like I said, I, I'm skipping the the eight thousands altogether. So I'm going to stay exact same value as my Rory Sabatini uh, Rory Sabatini pick guy who finished well last week. Finished lost in the playoff, but. It kind of was his fault because it's something that shot, but he wasn't the one who hit it in the middle of 18 ponds. <laughs> and that's Charles Schwartzel. So even before uh, his last tournament, guys, uh, or this last week, these are, uh, finished 26 at the Masters, so that's good. Um, made the cut at the Honda and the Valero, two very tough golf courses. And going back on the history here, guys, he's played here four times. 
winner back here in 2016, finished sixth in 2017, hasn't played particularly well the last two times here, but also he is kind of struggling with his game a little bit in during that stretch. So I'll give him a little bit of credit. So, and you know, from what I watched, it, it wasn't one of those deals where Louie just backpacked the whole team. It looked like Charles hit a lot of good shots in there and hit some good putts. Some of them went in, some of them didn't. So I really like Schwartz this week. I think you could probably find some value on him to, to make the cut as a, as a best bet. I, I would like that. And um, so my next guy, Colby, like I said, I'm skipping the eight thousands in general. You mentioned 92, Hundred, you love you love him because he's in Florida. So I figured it was going to be the same. A Sun J M ninety two, my boy, ninety two hundred. I mean, Mister Florida, the Florida killer, man. As last couple times missed the cut team event last week. Zurich missed the cut at the Masters, but finished thirteenth at the RBC. Going back to your Florida events, Colby finished uh, eighth at the Honda. Seventeen RBC's Bermuda Greens as well. It is, yes, yep. absolutely good point. Um, Honda uh, finished 8th, players finished 17th, finished 21st at uh, at the Arnold Palmer, finished 28th at the concession. And his only appearance here, gentlemen, he finished 4th in 2019, the last time it was played. So I love me some Sung Jae-in this week, Colby. I'm jumping on the Florida Bermuda putting bandwagon like you are. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I am going with a guy who was playing some really good golf, then he got injured, uh, and then and now is bringing it back again. That's Justin Rose. I am going with Justin Rose. Uh, obviously, the great play at the Masters. A sneaky good finish last week. Uh, tie for 11th at 15 under with Henrik Stinson. So that that's playing with a handicap this year because <laughs> Henrik Stinson is terrible right now compared did, to what he used to did be. Did Stinson get pops last week? He got pops. <laughs> he had he? to have gotten yeah. strokes. But basically what I'm saying is Justin Rose was carrying that team last week. And his his stats this year are very solid. And his best stat uh, is approach to green. So that's obviously a great thing. And I think that he'll continue this solid play now that it looks like his back is healthy. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring him up. I'm going to get to him in a second because I've got him rostered as well. But before that, uh, my, my third most expensive guy this week, and this is a guy that I'm absolutely in love with this week at Innisbrook. I mean, I, I could propose to him like you did last time. That's how much. <laughs> <laughs> I love him at Hennesbrook this week. It's Jason Kokrak. I mean, I am all in on Jason Kokrak this week. I, I think he's got a great chance to win the tournament. Uh, he's played well lately, but it's not like he's been right at the top of leaderboards, so he hasn't had the, the mental exhaustion of competing. But look what he did in Florida. Workday, ninth. Arnold Palmer, eighth. Players, ninth. I, I love what Jason Kokrak is doing. And then let's go back and see how he plays here. Uh, going back to 2013, he has two missed cuts and a 58th. His other four finishes are 14th in 2014, 7th in 2014. 2015, 8th in 2019, and runner-up uh, in 20, pardon me, 2018, he finished 8th, 2019, he finished runner-up. He, he's been playing great in Florida this year. He's on full form, uh, and he plays great at Innisbrook. So, really like Jason Kokrak this week at 8,700, and then for a lot of reasons that you mentioned, I'm rostering Justin Rose as well at 8,800. Justin Rose, uh, in three appearances here, has two top eight finishes. Missed the cut here in 2015, not really too worried about that. Uh, and Justin Rose playing some good golf lately, so Kokrak and Rose for me at 87 and 8,800. All right, I'm going to jump up to 10,000, a guy who absolutely loves this course, Paul Casey. I'm, I mean, he's won it to the back – the last two times they've played there, even Paul, though they didn't. Paul, 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 yeah. Paul, <laughs> yeah. Paul, fine, mom. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't play there last year. Uh, but Paul Casey, obviously in great form right now. Uh, since the beginning of 2021, he only has two rounds uh, under strokes gained on the field, and so negative strokes gained on the field. And obviously his his form at this course is unbelievable. Last time we saw uh, Casey uh, at the Masters, it, he he played solid in his approach to green. He's almost gained 
remaining a full shot on the field approach to green. And then his putting stats are actually really good, too. The, he, he's gaining on, I mean, he, uh, he a little left below a half low, shot. Didn't he? Didn't he switch the left hand low earlier sure. this season? I'm fairly certain he did. May have. I'm yeah, I think sure. he switched the left hand low, and he's it's been working I, pretty I, well I, for him. Normally, in, in the past, I just watch his ball. It's kind of like a decky. I watch his ball striking, turn the TV off when he's putting. So oh, I probably right. haven't seen it. Uh, but statistically, I mean, he's having one of his best years of his career, other than 2017. Uh, so Paul Casey uh, is the guy I am going to run out this week because I don't think there's a chance in hell that he misses the cut. Going for the three, Pete. By the way. Uh, Eight times in PGA Tour history has a guy won three years in a row, same tournament, same course. Six of those are Tiger. Can you name the other two guys who've won three years in a row at the same course, same event? Jack? Nope, not what, Jack. What What year did you say there was a year from it or just all no, time? No, just, just all time. It's, uh, it's two guys that have played in the modern era, though. Okay. Um, VJ? Ooh. Nope, not VJ. Phil? Nope. I'll give you a hint. Neither one of them's won a major. Oh, wow. wow. Right? It makes it tough. It's kind of a tough trivia question. Uh, I, I can give you the event for oh, one of them. Stuart Appleby. Appleby's one. At, the, at uh, Kapalua. Yep. Is that, is that wow. right? Yep. That's one. What? Uh, no, Appleby or Allenby? Appleby. Stuart Appleby. Was it Stuart Appleby? Okay. I, I don't have it in front of me. I read it yesterday and I'm remembering it off the top of my head. I, I always get Appleby I and no Allenby mixed up. It was right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other. You said modern Is it Luke Aaron? Donald? Think tractors. John, Louis. John Deere. Louis. Oh, it's that. No, I mean, not oh, uh, Leishman. Nope. Stricker. Nope. Stricker. Stricker. Oh, my Lord. What tournament? Stricker. Oh, John Deere. John Deere. <laughs> Thank tractors. John Deere. Yeah. <laughs> Thank tractors. John well, Deere. I was thinking of the person on the tractor, not the tournament. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Three years. Oh, that's why you said Mark Leishman. Okay. Yeah. I was like, where did Leishman oh, come from? Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Okay. Anyway, what's, what's that? But yeah, Tiger did it six times. That guy's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it's my pick. I got my last two picks coming up. So if I, Tiger was playing this week, I'd pick Tiger, by the way. I would, and, yeah. and when you mentioned Paul Casey earlier, Tiger lost by one to, to Paul Casey in 2018. That was kind of the the first tournament where Tiger was coming back made that long bomb on 17 and and I, I, I still remember jumping up and down screaming I think you know with the way voice uh, sound waves working probably still hear my still hear my echo somewhere yeah and then he went screaming. four iron four iron into 18 needing to birdie I remember being so hyped when he made the putt on 17 and then he pulled iron on 18t and I'm like dude what are you doing I think they said but, he was like 30 or 40 yards behind whoever <laughs> was the, the second shortest that yeah. day so we'll, we'll go on to this year's tournament and but we are all excited about the Tiger pictures that have come out so my next pick, guys, I, I really can't think of someone who suits who game suits this course better than this guy. And he just happens to be a local guy. Give me Abe Answer at 9,300. Oh, I mean, l- looking at some of these finishes. I mean, he finished 18th at the RBC, 26th at the Masters, 23rd at the Valero, um, lost in the playoff at the match play to get into the match play portion, 22nd at uh, players, 18th at the workday. And his only appearance here, guys, he finished 16th. So, I mean, um, and that was back in 2018, and he's a better player now than he was then. So, I see no reason to not roster Abe Answer. I think that very similar to your Paul Casey, Sam. I think that he's a sure bet to make the cut. And then my next, my last pick, guys, is a guy who is just a stickler for the rules of the game. But I am, so, I'm just tired of letting my hate for him interrupt me making money. <laughs> a stickler I, for the rules of the game. I have to do it. Patrick Reed, 10,300. I hate it. I hate myself for it. <laughs> Boo. That, I mean, who would do that? Uh, you should I, kick I, him off the tour, because, Doug. I, because I picked Kuchar instead of him at the Bro, Masters, and he made 345000 at the Masters. Just, I let my hate for Patrick Reed cost me a chance is, of making money. Money is more important than hate, in my opinion. That is just dishonorable, T-Dub. I cannot believe you would do that. 
Uh, but for mine, I'm I'm gonna go uh, ten thousand three hundred Patrick Reed. As oh, well. y'all are the worst! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why uh, Why am I even hey, on the hey, show hey, with these, hey, with hey, these hey, people? Hey, let's, let's actually Patrick talk Reed. about some golf here. I, I mean, mean he, two pa- two runner ups here and a seventh. It feels it's like it's time for Patrick Reed to break out and win again. Great playing at the Masters. Obviously, his approach to green, and he's the best putter in short game on tour. He is the by far the best putter in short game on tour. Play it all you want, play it all you want, but Paul, I mean, (laughs) I'm rattled, I'm rattled, but Patrick Reed is going to win this golf tournament this week, mark it down, that's a Charles Barkley guarantee. Hey, not if Jason Kokrak has anything to say about it, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. Boy, I hope it's not Patrick Reed, especially since you both picked him. That'll just make well, it sting I, I'll twice tell you, i tell you this. Patrick Reed was my second choice in the one and done, so he's probably a guaranteed win. Yeah, you do. You're very good at uh, I, almost picking the guy who wins. The great thing about picking Patrick Reed is if he screws you over, you can whine about it. That's true. You can, you can which I, which I have done this year. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Uh, my last pick, Taylor, you talked about him earlier, Sung J.M. Great finishes in Florida. He just he puts so much better on these Bermuda greens than he does anywhere else. Chip's better, too. He's just... He plays well in Florida. He likes it down there, so I'll take Sung Jay at 92. Doesn't get the ball out of position, which is something you can't do at Ennisbrook either. Right, yeah. Got that tempo. That slow, snake It's almost like he does the take-back drill, right? Where it's like he stops halfway back like Justin Thomas and then goes up and then full swings. It really is a a work of art. He more of a, like, pause than Hideki even does now. But his is, like, in a different spot. His pause is right as he starts his swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like halfway back. It's a halfway back pause as opposed yeah. to a, at the top pause. A lot of guys do that. Our, our guy, Rian Gibson, he he takes it back about a foot and, and then starts his swing. You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah, he's but always- his is more abrupt than uh, than Sungjae. Sungjae keeps it moving, but it's just very... Uh, it's, like see, it's like see who's ball on the lip. It's moving, <laughs> but you really have to look to see it, and then he takes it off and lets it rip. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, should be some good stuff this week. One and done picks. Fellas, let's uh, – who had – I believe it was Taylor had the highest one and done pick last week. Man, did I? Man, yeah. I'm, I'm getting I'm, – I'm sort of getting used to this, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm, happy for I, you. I, I'm hit or miss on the DraftKings. Cameron but, Champ and Tony Finau did me dirty on boo. the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Would have had a little bit more money if not for Danny Willett's slice into – the Atlantic Ocean on eighteen. So I'll go with my my guys, my pick guys. And I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read off some of these recent finishes here, guys. Fourth at the RBC, eighth at the Masters, fourteenth at the Valero, seventh at the Players, third at at Arnold Palmer. And you would think I was listing off Justin Thomas, uh, Terrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy, someone like that. And he also finished sixteenth here um, in 2018, back when when Tiger and Paul Case were shooting it out. That's Corey Connors' ball striking, man. I just I feel like he's on one of those grooves, and with him not being one of those mainstay players yet, it's almost like when is his game going to fall off? Right? It's like he he. I don't feel like Corey Connors can keep this elite play going for a long time. There's going to be a stretch where he misses a couple cuts or finishes 40th or 50th. So I'm going to jump on the train while he's riding hot because he's playing some phenomenal golf, and with the way he's hitting the ball, guys. I, I, I don't see, unless he just can't make four-footers, I don't see a way that he doesn't play the weekend. Corey Connors went in the same week as the great Monday qualifier story. That might oh, be that would be something. Corey Connors, one of the greatest Monday Q stories of all time. Yep. Monday Q's into the Valero a few years ago and wins it. Sam, we both had Cameron Champ last week, but I'm going to let you go first. I'll go and, first. And this away. is the first week that we don't, in long time, we don't have cards deciding your fate, Sam. No, you decide no, your own I, fate. I don't need the cards this week because I know uh, that I am going to pick Paul Casey this week because I, he's the highest uh, rated player in this field on data golf uh, that 
I don't think is going to win a major this year. So I am going with Paul Casey, or that I don't even think really, you know, has a chance to contend in a major this year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but on this course, he is a world beater. And so I'm going Paul Casey uh, for the three-peat. Paul Casey for the three-peat. I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just hard to win three times in a row. I do think Paul Casey's a good pick. And I think let, he'll play well this week. Yeah, I just wanted to make it clear that I am picking Patrick Reed to win the tournament. Okay, but, gotcha. But I am picking Paul Casey in the one and done because gotcha. I already used Reed. Uh, I don't think it's a big secret who I'm picking in the one and done this week. It's Jason Kokrak. I, I've saved him. I've been waiting he, for the right time to use him. He was my third choice. I, I shit you not. He was my third choice. I've, I've been waiting for the right time to use him, and I think this is it. He's, he's played well at this course. He's played really well in Florida this year. I, I think it's time for him to sneak up and hoist another trophy, which we saw him do. He won at... Uh, at the CJ Cup, where it cost me a lot of money. At Shadow Creek. Yeah, won him at Shadow Creek. Because who'd you have that week? Everyone inside the top six besides him in DraftKings. Yeah, well, in a, the, in a big oh, pool. you were in a big pool, weren't you? Yeah. I remember because we were watching the tournament and we were having to root for Kokrak not to play well. <laughs> so first, that you first, could tournament, first tournament he ever won. And I, I looked through, I was like, I finished 10th out of 65,000 people or something. And I was the only person in the top like 200 who didn't have Kokrak. Yeah. Wasn't it, didn't and, it end up cashing like two or 300 instead of 500 like, instead, five, it, instead it, of like it, 10 grand? Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Jason Kokrak? Appreciate you. <laughs> well, how about if he could win this and, and week? I love Kokrak, too, as a player. I love him. Yeah. And, and even even that couldn't derail me. That's how much I, I like him. And especially this week, I I think that he's he's kind of like Connors in the aspect of playing some really good golf. I just don't think he, he can, constain, can sustain it for a long period of time. So I really like that pick. I would jump on the wagon now yeah. as well. Use him now while he's playing well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But best bets this week, I got uh, Paul Casey at plus 110 versus your boy Corey Connors, T-Dub. Ooh, okay. uh, that's actually a really good tournament matchup between I, those two. I think it's pretty even, and they have Casey at plus money. Uh, which, yeah, Casey on plus money against anyone's really good. Yeah, and so I love that. Uh, I like Wierenski versus Patton, K- Patton Kazire. Um, Wierenski's like been too. playing some solid golf lately, and you can get even money on that. I like Rose at plus 5,000. I like Reed at plus 1,600. And that's to win um, the tournament. And then my favorite bet of the week, I don't know which way to go on it, but you got Gooch versus Homa, uh, and Gooch is plus Ooh, 105. Got the best buds together. They yeah. played together last week, had a lot of fun down at the Zurich. Uh, bet I really like this week, I've got Kokrak at 33-1, to 1, which I think is pretty long odds for a guy uh, who could win the tournament. If you want to go down further, I mean, you could get like a Max Homa at 70 to 1. He's a really good iron player, so he could play well here this week. We haven't talked much about him. Uh, even further down than that, Gary Woodland has finally started to find a little form. That's kind of a lottery ticket if you want to run Gary Woodland out. It's probably not going to hit, but he's a guy who does have top end talent when he puts it all together. Yeah. He's 75 to 1. I uh, don't know that I want to go much further down than that. There's a guy at 100 to 1, though, who got some respect this week on DraftKings at 8,000. He's a friend of the show, Taylor Gooch. 100 to 1 in the odds at some point he's got to break through and get that big win yep. on tour i don't know that it's going to be this week but if you want to take a stab at him at 100 to 1 i wouldn't blame you at all so uh, a lot of good stuff happening this week at the valspar really you know but, I, I think but, underrated golf course it really is and, and uh, here before i ask about these other players let's do our uh, weekly game against the strength of field of the valspar so what do y'all think it was whoever wants to lead it off oh, what was last strength what field. was uh, two weeks ago Two weeks what ago. was RBC? RBC, won, RBC was 480. One second. I believe it was 480. Yeah, yeah it was let, 480. Let, let me double check real quick. I'm going to go this week. Show me... Show me 510 this week. 510. 510. For strength of field. Okay. Uh, four, I, 481 was the RBC. All right. I'm going to go 555. It's a little less than we think, guys. 418. Really? really? Yeah, it's I, less than RBC? 
It is. I think that's, that's weird. It's because we got, and and th- that's why I asked this before because we look at some of the bigger names in the field. We got uh, DJ JT uh, Hatton, Hovland, Reed, Sung J, Paul Casey. It's just you drop down and you don't have a lot of the top um, fifty players in the world. I think is why. But that's why I want to ask you guys about. You know, we haven't brought up DJ or JT in the segment, and, and they're kind of the the biggest names out there. And even uh, local guy Hovland is third most expensive on DraftKings, and we haven't really talked about him much. What do y'all think of, of those three guys' chances? This DJ's going to break through and get back to his old form again soon. I mean, he's obviously not, like he said, sharp at uh, at Augusta and after Augusta uh, compared to what he was. But a guy like that with that much talent and how well uh, he was playing beforehand, I think he's gearing up for Kiowa. I, I'm going to pick uh, DJ at Kiowa. I will probably run DJ out of Kiowa as well. I, I don't know... This week, I feel like DJ is kind of just still going through the motions a little bit. I feel like he does that. He gets really streaky, gets super hot, and then he'll go through the motions for a couple of months. So I think he'll still kind of be in that going through the motions mode until Kiowa, and then he'll try to flip the switch. Even though I was dumb and used uh, DJ at Riviera. You were oh, chasing. You did use DJ Riviera. <laughs> you were did. chasing. And now, what? What about our? Uh, what about our boy Hovland? You know, something that came out last week was that our man he switched irons, wedges, and ball. I mean, that's that's a big change, guys. And he's third most expensive on DraftKings. I like his chances this week. But what do y'all think? Y'all like him? Well, I, I'll give you a little story. The first time I ever played with Victor Hovland, uh, he was coming out of college. Uh, and he was trying out these new ping irons, uh, and, and he was like, hey, can I play the back nine with y'all? We had just played the front nine. This is it national? This is at national. And he goes out there and shoots 30 on the back nine at Oak Tree National. The easy track. The easy fir- track, yeah. The first time he's ever hit these new irons. It's incredible. And I was just like, this kid is unbelievable. Well, you know, it's it's everyone talks about putters with honeymoon effects, but like even when we had Rian Gibson on, when he talked about his 55, you were bringing him up earlier, Sam. Hey, that was the first round he played with his new Cleveland driver. First round he played oh, with the club, yeah. shot 55, wow. broke record. So, I mean, it's... Was it really? Yeah, I didn't never yeah, know that. Yeah. Honeymoon effect can can affect all your clubs. So, I mean, it, it's just funny how that works. It really yeah. is. But yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting. I don't think I'd seen Hovland that high in DraftKings value yet. So, he's definitely starting to get some respect like a lot of the other local guys are. So, that was good. And I definitely wanted to hear y'all's take on it because I know all of our listeners are definitely out there rooting for, for Hovland in particular and also all the other, other local guys as well. Well, and he'll be feeling really good after his alma mater brings home the Big 12 championship tomorrow in Hutchinson, Kansas. Don't be picking favorites, Colby. No, no, no. We love both the state schools. I just happen to attend one of them, and it's the one that's north on I-35. You don't want to put a pizza on it? You take OSU, I'll take OU. We can hate Texas. We can hate Texas. That's allowed. I have a pizza in the bank, though, don't I? Yeah. Okay. Double or nothing on the pizza I've got in the bank. I'll take take OSU. You got OU. Okay. If Texas wins, it's I love both. Eckroat's one of my best friends in the world. I'm just saying, if you're taking OSU, I'll take OU. We'll make it fun. Yeah, might as well have a bet on it. Taylor, you probably don't want Texas. You want Texas? Absolutely not. Who would want to root for Texas? Are you kidding me? I think that's one thing we can all agree on is it better not be Texas. It better be OSU or OU. That's like the ultimate head Although, I will say one of the nicest people in the world is Cole Hammer. Really? Yeah. Very nice guy. He sent me a, a nice message when I had cancer. Cool guy. Okay. I yeah. still haven't forgiven him for uh, the 2019 National Championships. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. For what he did to Oklahoma State. Yeah. Because he, he went up head-to-head against Wolf, didn't he? Yeah. And he, he was like him. five under through seven. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Yeah, I still haven't forgiven him for that. It's going to take some time. Take some time to get over things yeah, like it's, that. It's funny how great people off the course can be really mean on the course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, that's why you have to separate sports hate from real hate. They're yeah. not the same thing. Sports hate for me, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun to root for some people and against some people, but uh, it's all love all the time. Corn Ferry this week. We got some Oklahomans on the Corn Ferry Tour. Taylor, who are we rooting for this yeah, week and, on that and, tour? Yeah, and, you know, in all honesty, last week, we or on our show yesterday, we were kind of running 
running out of time. We did not give enough credit to our friend of the show, Taylor Moore, and another friend of mine, Charlie Saxon, who finished uh, tied third and then 11th, respectively. Um, I was actually reminiscing last night, and I remember when I was 14, um, me, Taylor, and Charlie were in the final group of the OJGT Tour Championship with Paige Belcher, and we were kind of shooting it out. I was two up with two to play and missed a four-footer on the last hole to lose by one to Taylor. So it was a great great story, and I remember to this day, so I thought it was cool that I was able to look back on and think about something like that. But but yesterday we did not give those guys enough credit. They they're playing phenomenally, and I think both will be on the tour very very soon. Both of them playing this week as well, along with uh, Josh Creel, who's uh, also a good friend of yours, Sam yep. uh, Tyrone uh, Aswegan from um, OCU, Max McGreevy, another OSU guy who's way up in the Corn Ferry standings now because of his win, and also uh, Grant Hirschman, OSU boy, is playing as well. Yeah, yep. and you look at the uh, all these guys on the Corn Ferry rankings: top twenty five get tour cards, but top seventy five earn their way to the Corn Ferry finals, the playoffs, essentially, uh, for which, the which Corn Ferry Which gives you tour. another chance to earn status. Exactly, because if you win one of those events, they're he- more heavily weighted, and you, you have a chance to earn your status. So Max McGreevy currently sits at 11th on the Corn Ferry Tour list. Uh, Taylor Moore moved up from 44th to 30th with his third-place finish this last week, and Charlie Saxon is inside that top 75 that would get him into uh, the Corn Ferry Tour finals. He moved up from 71 to 66 after this past week. So that's a big deal. Josh Creel needs to have a couple of good finishes coming down the stretch of the season. He currently sits at 115, so he needs to move up 40 spots to get into those playoffs. One thing, one thing I'll mention is that you know the top one or the top 25 after the end of the regular season are guaranteed a tour card, but there's different statuses you get between leading the tour, being in the top percentage yeah. or whatever. So some of these guys in the top 25 will continue to play the the um, the playoff events or however they phrase it because they can earn more status towards their PJ Tour status next year. So and, so they'll be very heavily weighted fields, and still. we could still see Will Zalatoris out there theoretically. He dropped from one what to a two. Joke. He dropped from one to two <laughs> in the uh, in the rankings. By the way, a lot of proposals going around these days. Will Zalatoris, either yesterday or the day before, posted a picture of himself proposing to his now fiance uh, and saying his best day of his life and all that good stuff. So congrats to Will Zalatoris. Uh, man, love is in the air on a Tuesday it on the seventy third hole. Is. Hey, and, and one more thing, uh, golf wise, uh, I wanted to bring up pretty impressive uh, performance. Uh, in the ACC championship, North Carolina shot 26 under. Second place was Clemson at 11 under. Then you had NC State at 9 under. Then it went all the way down to Florida State, who has John Pack, the number one guy in PGA Tour U. Uh, they were at 5 over. Uh, the ACC uh, just got blitzed by North Carolina, which yeah. was pretty impressive because they're the 17th-ranked team, and that was pretty out of the blue. Yeah, it was they- in Atlanta, Georgia. Um it doesn't say Atlanta what, Athletic Club, Cap, maybe? Nope, Capital City Club. Okay. So. Got you. Yeah, that uh, sounds like they got really hot that week. Taylor, we've got some qualifying for the PGA Championship going around. One of the coolest things about the event is that, you know, PGA teaching professionals from across the country can qualify and try to get into the event. So, uh, Taylor, how are we looking there? Yeah, so so I was I was just looking this up for for reference. So back in 2006, they reduced the number of people who finish um, from the top 25 down to the top 20. And I'm trying to see if that includes ties or not. Um, I'm unable to find that. But going through and looking at some of them, um, a former PGA Tour pro. Um, don't know if y'all remember his name. Omar Uresti used yeah. to play out there a lot. He Absolutely. Is, he is minus 12, currently leading by by three shots. How are they letting him play? Because <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's a teaching professional. He's a teaching pro. Yeah. Okay, That's okay. Just, he fits the criteria. It's, All right. Sucks, yeah. I mean, it sucks that for sucks everybody for else. for someone else, but, yeah. 
Well, I mean, and you look, I mean, we got the uh, next best is uh, Ben Cook at nine under, and then there's a couple guys at seven under. So, I mean, it's not like he's running away with it, but right. we, we only got 19 guys under par at this event. So, I mean, it's playing playing pretty tough. I was and how going, many make it? Uh, 25. 25. And, okay. and yep. I'm, I'm, I cannot find out if it's 25 in ties or if that includes a, a playoff or not. So, gotcha. that, that could be something that, that definitely matters. And, you know, I was scrolling through and I was looking through for some Oklahoma guys. Um, Shannon Friday, I believe is his name. He was um, the best of the Oklahoma guys up there um, from out at uh, Gerv's Golf or Oklahoma City Country Club, which I'm not sure which one it is currently. And um, and then uh, Tim Fleming out of Oklahoma City Club is also playing as well. So got a couple of local guys there um, smitten, but they'll have to play pretty well um, the rest of today and uh, more than likely tomorrow because they're already finished to um, to be able to get inside that top 25. Yeah, speaking of guys trying to get into the PGA Championship, so top 100 players in the world get in. So I was wondering what's what's going to happen with Ricky. Ricky currently is the 111th ranked player in the world, and I don't think you two have seen this yet. It broke while we were doing our DraftKings picks. Uh, it has been confirmed now, this is from Will Gray, Golf Channel, on Twitter. It has been confirmed with the PGA official that Ricky Fowler and a guy named John Catlin, who's won three times on the European Tour, Ricky Fowler and John Catlin have received special invitations to the PGA Championship, quote, based on their performances, playing records, and OWGR position. So Ricky Fowler... Likely not going to be inside the top 100 in the world unless he has a good finish next week at Quail Hollow, but he will be in the PGA Championship as they've extended a special invite to Ricky. So that's kind of a, uh, a, a I don't know, Lifetime Achievement Award deal. I mean, he's he's been a top, Charity? Been a top a 25 to player in the world for... A decade, basically, until he went into this slump, and they're kind of just throwing him a bone. It seems like you know, I'll good, s- good. I, I I like it. I I want to see Ricky play. I, I want to see Ricky play too. I just I you know. I'll say this: it's not. <laughs> this isn't something that the PGA Championship just came up with yesterday and decided to implement. No, they, they, they always do. They, this. They've always had this where they have a certain criteria of cutoff, and then they have so many spots available per their choosing, and they say they traditionally go off the official World Golf Rankings only, but sometimes they'll do things like this to where, and I don't know, there may not be. Any anyone higher than Ricky currently that they're not letting in. But, um, but yeah, this isn't something new, so it's not something to say, oh, well, we're making this the Ricky Fowler rule or anything like that. That's not the case. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully it gets in. And like we mentioned many times on the show, it's at a point to where, you know, like kind of like Patrick Reed, we rooted for a villain in the game. He was kind of that for me younger because it was always Rory versus Ricky, and I was on the Rory side. But I'm at the point now where we, we need Ricky back. And because I'm tired of just seeing him on, on commercials because it's just like, you know, I, I understand why you're on the commercial, but, you know, get the ball in the hole, my friend. When it's not fun having to rip him. I've, I've loved Ricky my whole life. I'm an OSU guy. He, you know, he's always repping OSU on the tour with the orange and everything. It's it's just a lot more fun whenever he's winning. It, it's not fun for me every week to have to talk about Ricky struggling, playing bad golf. Will he, won't he get into majors? It's not fun for me. I, I want him to get back yeah. on some form. Good. And, and yeah, hopefully that opportunity uh, gets him in. Uh, to more majors coming. Hopefully, up he wins that week. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be sick. I would like. I would. I would love it. <laughs> oh, I'd really be incredible. Would. It'd be incredible. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of OSU golf, I'm just looking here. The tee times have come out. So if you're wondering if you if you should go up to Kansas tomorrow to watch the Big 12, uh, you got OSU and Texas paired together. They are starting out at 9:30, uh, working their way up to 10 o'clock a.m. You got Bo Jing paired with Cole Hammer, Austin Ekro paired with. Pearson Cootie, uh, Bumgarner, 
and Gnome, Gupta and Vic, uh, and then Ch- Chikara and Cootie. Um, and then you have Quade Cummins. Uh, I, uh, sorry, you have OU and Texas Tech, and you have Quade Cummins going off uh, at 921 with Ludwig, Ludwig Bear. So he'll know where the lead is at. I mean, that's one of the guys tied for the lead is going to be playing with Quade, so he'll at least know one guy he needs to leapfrog right there with him. Right. And, and he's and only two back. Only two back. And he's only two back of uh, Cole Hammer, but Cole Hammer uh, is, is going to be quite a bit behind him, teeing off at, and, at 10 o'clock. And he's, yeah. playing, and he's playing with Bo Jin, the other guy, at, at, at minus one. Yeah. So, right. so that'll be a, a really it's, great it's pair. A, it's interesting how uh, individually uh, that gets a little different in team golf where, you know, um, Normally, you don't have the best individuals right. and the best teams playing together because they group it by teams, and usually the best the teams that are playing good usually have um, good diversity amongst them. But in this case, it's kind of a, a top heavy loaded uh, top uh, heavy loaded team, which which makes for great excitement. Right, and then uh, Brightwell goes off at eight forty five, Revan eight fifty four, Patrick Welch nine oh three, and uh, Logan McAllister at nine twelve, and then obviously Quaid at nine twenty one. Uh, and then OSU and Texas will be right after that. Uh, so uh, get up early, check golf stat, uh, and if you're getting up to go up to Kansas, you better get up early. And, so and, better and, get and up n- early and not, take a rain jacket. Not, not a shock. I just want to point this out. All of them are starting on hole one because they are having split tee time. So like like Baylor and some of the other schools will be starting on hole hole ten or some of the other. Um, Baylor is starting on one. Uh, Kansas K State. West Virginia and Iowa State are starting on 10. That's okay. good. Yeah, yeah so, those are the bottom four teams. So, so for anyone who right goes now. up there, make sure to go to the right side of the course. Yeah, so. start on one. You're <laughs> yeah, going to want to yeah. start on one unless, of course, you're there specifically to watch somebody from one of the Kansas schools or West Virginia and Iowa State. A lot of great golf this week. Looking forward to the Big 12s wrapping up tomorrow. And the Valspar should be a great week. Sam, congratulations I once again. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. We will be back next week. Reminder, I'm holding it in my hand right now. You can hear it right to, here on the mic. Go to page 28, uh, the greatest Writer in writing history wrote a little Page column. Page 28. Ken's got one in here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> the that would be yours. Gain has mostly hung up their spurs by Sam Humphreys. <laughs> oh, this is a full two-page story here. This looks good. Yep. Dr. Gil Morgan, Willie Wood, Kerry Cosby. Okay, good stuff. Brant Job. Uh, Brant Job, by the way, has a son at Heritage Hall who's going to be taken in the top 10 or 15 yep. of the MLB draft, pumping about 99. So, yeah. uh, 99? So, yeah, some good genetics. Some good genetics in the Job family. He committed to uh, Ole Miss, but he might not be going there. I think he's going to be committed to making money to throw a baseball <laughs> yeah. is what I think. Uh, so, so, yeah, some good stuff. So, check out the special preview issue for the KitchenAid 2021 Senior PGA Championship at Southern Hills coming up at the end of May. We'll be there. Golf Oklahoma will be there. We've got you covered. Thrilled to be partnered with them and can't wait to get up to Southern Hills. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Once again, enjoy all the golf, and we will be back uh, next week. Might be back Tuesday of next week. we got some U.S. Open qualifier stuff going on that Taylor's playing in. I think Sam and I uh, both might be caddying in that one. <laughs> Sam for, for Brad Dalkey potentially, and then I'll be on Taylor's bag. So might be back with you uh, not until next Tuesday. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Uh, This is the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.